Welcome to Startup Stable Success. My name is John Vanderveer, and I'm here with Aaron Carapella at Bluebird Art Studios. Aaron, tell everybody about our special guest for today. Uh, thanks, John. Today we have with us Sierra Campbell of Bluebird Art Studios in Bixby, Oklahoma. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. Um, can you tell us, can you just start off telling us a little bit about your business? So Bluebird Art Studios is an art school for kids who have a passion for art and want to excel in their talents. So any kid from age four all the way to 17, this is a safe place for them to create and master their skills. Sierra, have you always been an entrepreneur or is this a learned skill or what was like your passion behind getting to the point where you're at now owning a business? I would say even as a kid, I would always look at different businesses or ideas and be like I want to make it better you know even as a little kid I was like oh let's play business and I'm the business owner kind of thing but I never realized it until I owned my own business that this was what I was supposed to do yeah I would say that's a good indicator of like a future business owner (laughs) that you're playing I own a business at five years old (laughs) yeah definitely yeah Alexa my daughter does that all the time and she actually has her own little business at the farmer's market where she does that and she's uh she's an artist too oh uh, how wonderful makes things paints things and sells them uh, at the market so what made you want to start bluebird art studios ever since i was young um i knew i was an artist like growing up i uh, would draw in first grade and all the teachers and kids would crowd around me looking at my art being ah and um like how did you do that you know and I just loved it right as I got older um it was my way to communicate with the world I wasn't a talker you know I was just drawing painting you name it so I kind of already knew like art was the field that I wanted to pursue when I was 11 I won my first art competition first place um and I was like oh wow I won and then once I was 12, I won five more art competitions after that, and I realized, oh, this must be something, you know. Um, I won third place national out of the USA, um, and then I was homeschooled, so I didn't really enter a lot of art competitions, but when I had one, I was in the newspaper, and a lady saw my art, and she needed an illustrator for her book, and oh, at 16... Cool. <laughs> I became an illustrator Um, and then after that I started illustrating for independent authors and different publishing companies and then as I reached 17 it was time for me to make a decision like where was I gonna go for college what was I gonna do in my life and I loved film especially traditional animation hand-drawn so that art style and so I decided to pursue animation in California And so I went to a film school in California. I got my degree in film animation. And my dream was to work for Pixar and Disney. Yeah. And I got to visit the studios. And then I realized I don't think my ideas or my dreams would be fulfilled being at an animation studio. And right after college, I got a job as an art instructor for a studio in California. And I just fell in love with teaching. I was teaching kids from ages four to adults, and I just loved it. And I realized this is something I want to pursue, and I think I can do it. It's funny. We actually <laughs> we have some things in common in our story. Oh, nice. Or your story. Um, I, 
uh, also like uh, around 14 or 15, uh, would I got hired by a local uh, t-shirt printer to draw stuff for them when they needed stuff. And, uh, and then I did stuff for my dad because he owned uh, a sign mm-hmm. shop. And I would draw stuff uh, for for anybody that would, you know, pay me to do it. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. That's cool. Yeah, this is, this is really cool because one of the things I really like about doing this specific episode is I know Sierra pr- pretty well, but, like, I'm already learning uh, things about her that I've never heard before in her, like, art past. And it also re- reminds me a lot about how I can relate to what you're saying because – my story is pretty similar. I've always been into like my Native American heritage and that that part of U.S. history in general. And so as a kid, when I was like, you know, six or seven years old, I would be looking around for these maps that would show uh, all the tribes that were here. And I would go to like powwows and, and uh, museums where they had like uh, Native American exhibits. And I was always thinking like there's got to be a map out there somewhere. Right. So I just like kind of kind of the same idea where I. I had this passion and I wound up like making something out of it thinking like, you know, maybe nothing's going to come of it other than it's going to be on my wall and I'm going to think it's really cool, like personally. And, you know, then like you won five awards in the same year and you were like, hmm, there's something to this. You know, I had people tell me like this map is like so complete, you got to like publish it. And I would just be like, "Eh, I don't know if there's really going to be any anyone interested in like this genre or um you know, someone's probably made one before I would like kind of talk myself out of being successful. And initially it wasn't for money. You know, this was, you know, I, I don't think that's probably what you got into art for. I don't <laughs> think a lot of people, a lot of people that are artists don't make a lot of money, I would mm-hmm. assume too. Right. So funny story. Growing up, my family would always tell me, oh, art doesn't make money. You can never be an artist or starving artists and all that stuff. And I was like, well, I'm going to show you something different. (laughs) And because I knew on my heart what I was supposed to do. And that was to, you know, pursue art. I didn't know how or when. And a year after I was teaching at that studio in California, I got a phone call from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they said, we are looking for an art director. Can you come and, you know, be our art director? And I knew nobody in Tulsa. But there was nothing holding me back in California. And I was like, why not? You know, there's nothing stopping me. So I packed my car. I drove 27 hours all by myself and my cat (laughs) to Tulsa, Oklahoma, a place I knew no one. And I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And I taught there for a year, uh, grades K through 8th. And I learned so much. I learned how much art can impact kids and how much art is important in every single kid's life and yeah. their education. Um, well, and whenever you you have the right teacher, it changes a lot. Because like I always had art teachers that were basically coaches that were thrown into like an art room. Mm-hmm. But then when I was in high school, we had a legitimate art teacher that came in. She was one of those. I'm not gonna say her name because there's one of those. A lot of people like had issues with her. But she was very good and very passionate about what she did. And so whenever I started doing stuff with her, she would teach me things and she would show me things that um, like I wouldn't be because what I do now, I'm in a different side of art than what you are with because mm-hmm. I do a lot of graphic design work and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I wouldn't be in that field if it wasn't for that lady being in my life because she spoke a lot of stuff into me and got me to do more things and reach out and do look at things differently. 
Absolutely. Um, and I'd like to share a story of one student I had in the school who um, was dealing with um, his father's death at the time. Um, he was very troubled and all the teachers like, well, he's in your class, he's tough to handle, good luck kind of thing. Yeah. And he came into my art classroom not wanting to pick up a single brush or pencil or any of that. But through our lessons through the year, he learned to fall in love with art. And at the end of the school year, he was going off to high school. And he says to me, Miss Sierra, I just want to thank you for the things that I've learned in art. And I don't think I could have survived without it. And I love art now because yeah. of you. What's well, an outlet. Yes, absolutely. For so many things yeah. and for so many kids. Well, anything like for me, anything creative is when you're going through something difficult, you just lean into those things. Like, mm -hmm. like I'm a musician and I do art related stuff. And like, that's when I've had like the hardest times in my life. Uh, Aaron's been a part of some of those times. Like I write a lot <laughs> during those times because that's how I deal with it. So like for uh, your student going through that at the time, like mm -hmm. I'm sure like that was huge to be able to pour into something you know, like mm -hmm. it's, it makes a big difference. Yeah. It's such an, such an important way to be expressive, mm -hmm. right? Art. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, that's when I realized like, okay, art is needed. Um, but then the pandemic happened and they got rid of, uh, non-essential subjects and art was one of them. And so I lost my job and I came all the way from California to do art and that's what I intended to do yeah. and I was like I have to do something I can't just go back I needed to fix this problem in the school systems I needed to fix this problem in Oklahoma that art isn't as well known as it is in the rest of the world you know and that's when I decided I'm going to start an art school for kids listening to your story is really inspirational I've learned a new a few new things about you um this question came to mind. Do you think uh, that you inspire other young females to become business owners and maybe specifically art teachers? Absolutely. I think in the industry of just business itself, even today in 2023, it is so hard to get your name out there, to let people take you seriously. I remember the first business meeting I went to, I was probably the youngest one there. And I was probably five out of 50 other um, people that were women. So all of the rest of them were men, which is amazing. You know, we need those guys. But I think we also need women, especially young women, trying to get our names out there, trying to make our dreams come true. A lot of times society tells us we can't do it when we can. And we should, oh, get married, start a family, you belong, you know, in the kitchen or with your kids, um, which is beautiful. I do think um, I admire those mothers that are able to do that. I'm just me. I'm 28. Um, and I think I personally probably followed my dream first before following that route. And I wouldn't have it any other way because I'm helping so many kids and I love what I do. Whenever you had the idea to start the art studio, is this something that you decided, I'm going to do this from home, I'm going to travel to different people's houses to do this, or did you already know at that point, I want to start a brick and mortar business? So funny thing is, in my mind, when I knew I wanted to start an art school, I knew I could visualize it in my head. It's going to be a storefront and people are going to come, you know, and they're going to see it. 
but obviously I had to start from scratch, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. I didn't have all this money to do that or resources. It was my first business I ever, you know, really had on my own. So I started at the community center um, in Broken Arrow. I had art lessons out of there and then I got too full. And of course, I'm working with the community centers. So they couldn't take in certain students and certain times so I started having students come to my apartment complex yeah and we gave lessons out of there and I was like this is getting out of hand I need a place you know and then that's when I opened up a storefront after that is this the storefront we're at now is this the same one it's the same one I opened in July of 2022 oh wow okay cool yeah so you've been going a while almost over a year now Mm -hmm. that's that's great um I wanted to ask you how do you what do you think sets your business apart from maybe other art studios either locally here in the Tulsa area or just in general? What makes Bluebird Art Studios different and unique is that each student has their own curriculum. So a lot of times you go to an art class or an art studio, they only have a 6-week program. Everyone works on the same thing and it's only one medium. Here they do everything. Each kid learns the fundamentals of drawing and is able to excel with all different mediums. So here we master in drawing, watercolor, acrylic, pastels, oil pastels, pretty much everything because we want the kids to be able to experience those mediums, be able to see what they like, what they don't like. Well, you never know what's going to speak to somebody. Um, And so that's why we offer all of them because we believe art should be ongoing, not just six weeks. So we have classes from beginner, intermediate, and advanced where they can go from starting at age six all the way until their high school ages and learn about art career paths and we can help them build their portfolio to get them ready into that world. So one thing we like to do when we talk about business on the podcast and the different steps to create a business, I mean, for every single person that we've ever interviewed and for Aaron and I on separate things, it's different on every business of the order things go. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for you, you started with your community center doing Mm -hmm. classes. Uh, at that point, have did you have a website or a Facebook or anything mm-hmm. to get so going? So I did have a website and I had a Facebook page. I'm also a graphic designer and website designer, so I kind of did it myself. Yeah. And to get the word out was probably the hardest part because nobody knows me and I don't know anybody. I'm yeah. from California, you know. Um, so I had to join homeschooling groups and get my name out there and really push forward. Um, I remember the first time I had my art class, I actually went door to door handing out flyers. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it has come a long way trying to get recognized like here, this is what I am. This is what I do, you know, and I don't have a full on marketing team. It's just me. I'm doing 27 different jobs, you know? Yeah. A lot of people laugh like, oh, I want to start my own business. So I don't have to work (laughs) nine to five. I'm pretty much working 24 seven, you know, I'm on call. I am constantly trying to find ways how I can become better and a better business owner, a better artist, art teacher, providing new ways to help um, my art students and my business. Yeah. Well, that's like, what was it that uh, Aaron said this before on the podcast, but what did your grandma say about starting a business? Uh, When I started working for myself, she said, if you're wanting to start your own business, I'm going to give you one suggestion. And my grandparents were huge entrepreneurs. So she said, um, you need to work twice as hard for yourself as you will for anybody else. Yeah. And that stuck with me. There's a lot of stuff that stuck with me, but that that's a very mm-hmm. important lesson. 
Well, and like when you own your own business, like you don't, I mean, you kind of work all the time. Like I have to purposely set like lines. Like, I have to stop here so we can mm-hmm. do this like tonight and just have some family time or whatever. But there's been lots of times where it'll be like 10 o'clock at night, Aaron will text me something like, hey, we need to do this. Um, and he does it just for a reminder for the next day. But then like five minutes later, I respond back, okay, it's done. Because yeah. <laughs> I was already up working on stuff anyway. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and as a, as a business owner, you're not really accountable to a boss. Mm-hmm. Your, your boss might be like who you have to pay your rent to for your, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That, yeah. That's it. You're accountable to yourself. So um, I wanted to ask you also about um, what you do to kind of like to, to promote or market your business now. We we're trying to teach people like once you have a business, like how you get it going, mm-hmm. how you keep our, our podcast is called Startup Stable Success. So once you get past the starting up your business, which you're way beyond that, and you're at the point where you're keeping it stable and successful. To keep it stable, obviously you have to keep customers coming in, or, or uh, you know, art students in your case. Mm-hmm. So do you you do email marketing? I correct? do email campaigns. Email campaigns. I do a post on Facebook. Okay, I like post- boosted post on Facebook, or no? So I actually, <laughs> this is funny. I believe that Facebook um, al- algorithm um, really doesn't do well no. with we um, agree we had, we had a show about this yeah so i actually use my personal page mm-hmm. i have a lot of friends and followers on my personal page and i use my personal page to promote and i sign up to a lot of like like i said before homeschool groups because i'm in the homeschool community mom groups you know so, so you can post in there absolutely yeah. and get my name out from there and a lot of my clients are word of mouth yeah. Always word of mouth. And I think that's the best you can have for your business is word of mouth rather than seeing an ad in a yeah. newspaper or online or something. Well, most of the time with word of mouth stuff, it's coming mm-hmm. from somebody you that trust. you trust. Yeah. Absolutely. It means more than the other. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you're producing like really quality art and someone sees mm-hmm. that, you know, like um, just in, in our case, on our maps in the corner, we put our website. So when they're mm-hmm. hanging on a wall somewhere, someone sees it. It might not be the same for a lot of your art. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, you probably sign your name somewhere on your art pieces, right? Yes. But yeah, yeah uh, we were having a discussion in one of our last podcasts about how uh, Facebook, when you pay for, um, what is it called? Boosted marketing or mm-hmm. whatever it's called. Um, they limit, they severely limit who can see it. Yeah. Even on your own, Mm -hmm. uh, feed, you know, only like 6% on average of your own people see, Mm -hmm. um, what you post. So of course you have to kind of tag people in. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of time, time consuming, but we get business from Facebook, but instead of it being like 50% of my business that it used to be, it's like one or 2%. You know, so yeah, but it's one of those things that's difficult not to because so many people use social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you still want to have some sort of presence. Like we sure. just Absolutely. stopped paying to boot, boost stuff because Same. nothing came <laughs> from it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I think e- email campaigning is really strong because you usually kn- know those people personally or they've mm-hmm. opted in, and you know people are like, or they're already interested in your business. Yeah, and they're also sitting at their computer and you know something pops up and it's like a it's a good visual reminder mm-hmm. that's easy for people to latch on to, click on to and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I, what other type of marketing do you do besides that? Just pretty much social media social and Social media marketing? I think is the biggest thing because that's where our society is on most of the time, social mm-hmm. media. So like I think videos get the most traction. So if you mm. have a video about your business or a little reel about what you do or even just a snippet of pictures, you know, it helps tremendously. 
Yeah, I think that's that's a great suge- suggestion, especially I think for like a local business, mm-hmm. right? Because they can like see it and then be like, oh, that's just like five minutes away mm-hmm. or something. Well, I think it probably another good thing you're advertising is you are actually award-winning art studio. Yes, right? I am. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about some of the awards you have won? Surprisingly, yeah, I was very shocked to realize um, all the awards. As a business owner, I was gaining or winning um, just because I'm, again, I kind of never realized I was going to be so much of a business owner as I was going to be an art teacher, but I am both. In December, I was nominated Business of the Year Award and New Business of the Year Award for 2022 from the Bixby Chamber. And in January, that's when they had the award ceremony and I won business, uh, new business of the year award. And then- you won first place. Yes, I won. There's, I just won. There's yeah. just one yeah. place. Okay. There's just one place. <laughs> and I won it and I was so amazed because again, it was a room full of all of these older business owners who have had their businesses for like over 20 to 50 years and here I am. I've only been open six months, you know, and winning an award was just so like, okay, I know I'm meant to do this, Yeah. you know? And then um, a year after opening, I won Tulsa Kids' Best Art Classes. And I think just yesterday you won an award also, right? Yes. Tell us about that. I won Top 3 Best Art Schools for the Tulsa World Magazine. That's cool. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. One thing that we make sure to ask everybody whenever we do an interview, we'd like to talk about... Uh, what success means to you and just so you know there's no wrong answer to this it's just because for every person it is very very different so for you what how would you define success for you personally for me success isn't defined by um, all the awards or all the money or income or financial uh, stuff I knew when I started the studio the business I told myself if I at least impact one soul one kid I've done my job because that's all I need for that one kid to be inspired and then he can change the world. Yeah. You know, I believe it takes a certain mindset to be able to be successful and start that business because not everyone, they say, oh, I want to start this business. I'm going to make so much money and they start it and then they lose it and then they stop or they become discouraged and they give up too quickly. There's medium ground where you have to realize, okay, this is what I'm going to do, and you do it. Because if you don't put your 100% in it, it's not going to last. You need a reason. You need a why. You need a passion for why you're doing it, right? Because if there is none, then it's going to crumble underneath your feet. For me, my reason is to help as many kids in Oklahoma as I can, and maybe eventually in the world, you know, the U.S., and expand, right? Um, a big part of what Bluebird Art Studio does is community outreaches. So um, on Mondays and Fridays, I like to go to the uh, St. Francis Children's Hospital and give art lessons. When I see them and they're there and they're with life conditioning illnesses, a lot of them are hooked up to IVs, but they're smiling because they get to do art today. Yeah. And I made that impact. A lot of times I cry when I go. And then I come back, I'm like, how can I help more, you know? And this is what we stand for as a, my business, you know? This is what we do and why we're here, why art is so important. We also give to the foster cares in Oklahoma, especially Tulsa Girls Home. 
um, a foster care for young girls struggling, trying to make it out into the world. So very important things. Uh, that's all really special and awesome. And uh, I think people out in the community, when they see you volunteering your time, they probably, it gets your name out there, but that's probably not your biggest motivation. It's just actually helping. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people do see that your business is out there helping, that you're like a genuine person who wants to give your talent uh, to people that can use it. And then that that does come back, you know, that does come back to eventually get the word, uh, word of mouth about your business and give you more clout probably. I think another thing you were talking about with um, defining what success is being a mindset, mm-hmm. um, that 100% uh, is true. Aaron and I have talked about that a lot to where if you don't have that correct mindset to keep pushing forward or have that passion, because a passion is a major, major role in making something work and successful. So if you don't have that passion, when you get to that dry time, you don't have the desire to keep pushing forward. The good thing about what Aaron and I do, like we love what we do. So whenever we have a time of the year that normally it's in the summer, we slow down a little bit, we still have that same passion. So we still keep pushing. And then we come out of like this last summer was the strongest summer we've probably ever had. And that's because of that passion. You just keep pushing forward and stuff like that. And you're taking your passion and not only doing something uh, for yourself, you're doing something for others, which in turn seem what that does in a kid's life, if it's somebody that's in the hospital or one of your kids that are here, like in the studio, that makes you want to move forward. That's your mm-hmm. motivation to keep Absolutely. going. Yes. So that gets you through some of those drier times when you have those because you want to go. Mm-hmm. I would have to say um, there have been moments a lot of people are like, oh, starting a business is easy. It is far from easy. I think <laughs> so you, <hard. laughs> all of you guys can agree with me. It is hard. You're learning constantly every day. And there have been moments where I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm here. I want to give up, but then I don't because I think about those kids. They, yeah. they need me and I need them. You know, I want them to succeed as far more than me mm-hmm. and far more than I'll ever succeed because that's my main goal. Well, and people don't realize that don't start their own business. They don't know what goes into it. Mm-hmm. Like, cause there's different things like, cause I was always on uh, like we had a brick and mortar business forever and then I uh, shut it down and took it to the house and started working from home. The differences between being brick and mortar compared to being at home, because all of a sudden I had to learn to have way more discipline than I had before, because it's so easy to sleep in. You know, if you don't have, you work mm-hmm. from home, you're, you're, you can just walk in the next room in your pajamas if you want to, you know, compared to having the, the brick and mortar. But people don't think about it, because you get here in the brick and mortar, you're like, okay, great, we're going to build this thing mm-hmm. out. It's like, oh, wait, you need licensing to do this. Oh, okay, so I need to go do this now and deal with this. Oh, but you got to do this because the electricity can be put in your neck. Okay, now I got to go do this. And you're just constantly, constantly running. And then when something goes wrong, if you own the place, you have to deal with it or you have to call the landlord. Like there's constantly something. It is far from uh, it, not nearly as easy as whenever you work with somebody else because they have to deal with all that stuff. And now you are 100% every bit of it is on you. <laughs> well, and during all of those things that you just mentioned, you have to make sure your revenue is consistent and you have enough to make the bills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While all of those worries are going on. Mm-hmm. And so especially if it's like a day where like, you know, or a week where it's not good for business and you have all of these like trials and tribulations on top of that, it can be daunting. But, yeah. you know, you've been here a year. Um, <laughs> what are your uh, what are your plans for this business in the future? Like short term, long term? I honestly would like to expand um, during our summer months. We get so many students for our, our camps 
and this little small studio is not enough space. <laughs> so I would like to have a bigger location to help with that and maybe se separate rooms for different art supplies and maybe younger kids and older kids hire on new art instructors, just make it bigger and better. Did you say you do art camps? I do do art camps. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Talk about that. I'm just curious now. <laughs> <laughs> so for our art camps during the summer, and also we do art camps like during the school year, if it's like during a break or on a Saturday. So a lot of parents don't like to commit to weekly classes. Yeah. So we offer fun art camps where kids can still experience Bluebird Art Studios, but in three hour blocks <laughs> instead yeah. of year round. So last year we had a lot of fun art camps with Bluey, the famous character cartoon. Yep. And they got to learn how to draw Bluey and make all of these fun crafts based on Bluey. And then we had one about animation and then we had another about cartooning. So we have all of these different themed art camps for kids available. That's really cool. Do you do like, um, like if somebody wants to run out and do like a birthday party? Do you stuff like that? Yes. So we do do birthday parties. Oh man. Um, last... We're going to have to call her later for Alexa's birthday. <laughs> yep. Last, <laughs> she would uh, love this. last weekend we had a Paddington themed birthday party for a little girl and yeah. they all got to draw Paddington. That's cool. I can say from personal experience, I have three kids and two are old enough to attend your studio, Sierra, and both of them still bring out their paintings and drawings that they did while in, in their summer classes with you. And you can see like this uh, expression of pride on their face when they look at them. Mm -hmm. We've got some displayed like around our kitchen and stuff like that. And even our son who's nine, who doesn't want to admit anything is cool, will be like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. You know, so I mean, that's saying a lot. So I know you made a big, big impact, like mm -hmm. just personally on my own sons. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, it was so awesome to be able to like drive on the way here and they would be excited they were on the way to art. And so we, we appreciate that. Thank you. I think a important thing when kids walk in here is what I do with the kids is a little different than what you have at a normal school setting. Uh, with art, you want to give them inspiration. You want to give I want to give them the passion that I have so that they can have passion for their own creations. Some kids come in here with not so good families. I don't know where these kids are coming from, yeah. where they're getting that love or if they're not getting that love, but I want to be sure that their voices are heard. And that's important because um, growing up, I never had support for my own art and I want to give them as much support as their art teacher and tell them that no, they can do it and you can be you know, an artist if you want to and pursue those art talents. Well, and there's so many different fields that an artist can go into because a lot of times whenever people hear that you're studying art, they think you're going to go and, you know, live on the streets and paint. And actually yes. my older <laughs> brother does that. That's what he does for a living. He's homeless and travels around the world on his artwork and he loves it, you know, and that that is one way to do it. But like, I'm an artist. I do graphic design, I do web design, I do mm -hmm. logo design, I do uh, all that stuff, and it's not what I thought art was like whenever I was a kid, but there's just, there's so many fields. Like you, you said, like you tried to, or you went and wanted to work for Pixar at one point and do that type of stuff, you know, yes. and like, you yeah. can, there's so many different fields that you can go into for art. And that's why we also have a program here called Portfolio Review Class, where kids ages from grade six to 12 come in they get to work on their portfolio and 
really master and hone in on their skills that they um, know they're good at, explore different mediums that they've never done before, and to learn about different career paths in the arts. And I get to help them work on their resumes to get them ready for college if they want to go to an art school or maybe they don't have any idea what other art career paths there is. Bluebird Art Studios is a place to help kids be able to grow and learn all about art. Yeah, that's great. That's amazing. Um, Is there anything else you would like to add about your story? So one thing we're excited that we're working on right now is our scholarship fund. It's going to be called the Young Artist Fund, where um, it's money that is saved for kids who can't financially afford art education or can't afford lessons and they can come here, um, either get discounted or full full scholarships to allow them to excel in this um, art education because some kids are so talented, but they can't afford it. And I don't think that should be the reason why they can't get the education necessary to excel in their talents. Um, So we are working on, I personally am selling off all of my artwork at an auction. It's going to be an art show in May of 2024. So I'm really excited about that to be able to share my art with all of you guys and hopefully get some money for that fund. So in the auction, if anybody of like any of our listeners want to be a part of that auction, is it an in-person auction or is it like an online thing? It's both. both. (laughs) So it's going to be online and in-person. So if you want to see the art in person or you're not able to, you can view them online and be part of the bidding process. Is this something that's happening on your social media or on your website? Yes. On both? Yeah, it'll be on both. Great. Okay. Is there any way that people could donate to your studio and to your various charities that you are involved in? Yes, so on our website at bluebirdartstudios.com, you can go to our tabs and under donation, there's a donation page. And all of those funds will go towards what we do at the Children's Hospital or the Scholarship Fund for kids who come in-person classes. Yeah, that's really cool. Hopefully people will visit your website and check that out. But other than your website, um, is there any other like Facebook, Instagram, are you on any of that stuff where people can follow you? Yes, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Google. Okay, great. And we'll have all of the descriptions for that in the, the link of the, of the bio of the video if any of you guys want to check out her stuff. Uh, thank you so much. This has been great. Uh, it's really cool to go out on location and see what you're doing here. I wish everybody could see this. And actually, you can. If you go to our Instagram page for Startup Stable Success, you will see some of the pictures of her studio and everything that is set up here. And we are done here for today. Thank you again so much. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Startup Stable Success. If you have any questions or maybe an idea for a future episode, or maybe you want to sponsor an episode, please hit us up at startupstablesuccess at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.